Look, listen. Look and listen. We've got 30 of these little pod plays roaming about on the internet for your enjoyment. So if this is the first one you've discovered, then boy, are you in for a treat. Because, as I say, there's a whole bundle more for you to go and listen to right now. They're all very cute. They're all very short. Um, Our mission here at The Scene Podcast is to take short bits of writing like this, the type you might see at a scratch evening or a new writing event somewhere above a pub or similar, and give them this digital reach so that many, many more people, just like you, can discover them. So if you like them, tell someone else about them. And if you're a writer, send your little bits and pieces into us, please, because we're currently reading work for season four of the scene podcast would you believe it and you can do that over at the website easy peasy there's a submission form there today we are listening to a play called make your fortune by michael staniforth here's the blurb two over enthusiastic tv hosts in a bid to unearth the lost treasures of the art world barge into carol's morning and begin scrutinizing her six-year-old daughter's finger paintings this is fantastically silly stuff and here it is this is make your fortune by michael stanley welcome to the art world where paintings can be bought and sold for a fortune. And where previously hidden masterpieces are just waiting to be uncovered. Of course, in a sometimes shady world where fakes abound. We have to be particularly careful that we don't get taken for a ride. But each time we set out from our art gallery headquarters, there's excitement in the air. Because we just could be about to discover a lost work by a great artist. Who are you? I'm a ridiculously overpaid television presenter. And I'm a rather smug art dealer. What are you doing in my kitchen? And we've teamed up to discover if this drawing might just be by that great and quintessentially English artist, L.S. Lowry. It's one of Susie's. So, what's at stake here? If it is by Lowry, at auction it could sell for millions. But if it's a fake, or by an unknown artist, it could be, well... Worthless. It's of great value to me. My little girl drew it. Mm, what are your first impressions? There's a wonderful inexactness about the subject matter. It's me and my daughter in the park. But it's the style that stands out. It's very naive. She's six years old. And that's most encouraging. Because it's what we would expect from a man famous for drawing matchstick men. She prefers drawing the sun and trees. I'm excited about this. I think we're really onto something here. When Carol first came to us with this drawing... I did not. You just barged in here. Little did she know she was setting us the most daunting task we've ever faced. And anyway, how do you know my name? What we have to do is establish the provenance of this work. Where was it drawn, for instance? In school. All the children drew something for the parents. Where has it been all this time? On the fridge door. And how has it now come to be here? It fell off. Goodness knows where that magnet's ended up. We've made a good start to our investigation. But what we need to bear in mind is that we have to drag out all of this detective work for a full hour. So, to fill in a bit of time, 
we should find out more about. L. S. Lowry. And to find out more about L. S. Lowry, we need to meet up with an expert on northern stereotypes. Ale, whip it, pigeons, tripe and onions. So, what can you tell us about this most northern of English painters? Ah, well, he was best known for painting the matchstick men. Wait, you're saying he was best known for painting matchstick men? Ah, that's what I just said, like. And do these look like matchstick men to you? Happen you could call them stick figures, I. I think we're really onto something here. But Larry painted life in the north. So what is one of his drawings doing here in the south? This could be problematical if we can't find an answer to such a crucial question. Nevertheless, this is a most encouraging start to our inquiries. Is that me done then? We've already established that these are stick figures, and Larry was known for his matchstick men. Only you haven't mentioned this ferret you got me to bring along, and it's getting a bit restless. Certainly, this will warrant further examination. Uh, ah! But I'm a highly paid television presenter, surprisingly sexy in a sort of way. And I'm a rather pompous art dealer with a plummy accent who likes to wear cravats. So we don't want to be hanging around in some northern backwater like Manchester. And since the programme has an outrageously high budget, even when you've accounted for our excessive salaries, we thought we'd spend a large chunk of it on some wholly unnecessary foreign travel and come here to the Caribbean! Where it's not actually known if Larry ever visited on holiday. If we can't confirm that, it could prove problematical. But what we can say is that even if he didn't come here, he should have. <laughs> because this is idyllic. About as far away from those northern pits and factories he liked to draw as you can get. This feels like a major breakthrough. I think we're really onto something here. We're making good progress because we've now established that the weather and landscapes in the Caribbean are very different from what Lowry would have experienced in Manchester. So it's time to get back to England. And subject this drawing to some in-depth modern analysis. You didn't think to take me to the Caribbean with you then? You'll remember that when we first came across this exciting find... I shone a rather low-tech torch over it, wondering if it might simply give up its secrets on an initial examination. Luckily, that didn't happen, because it's important to remember we have a full hour of programming time to fill. And even though we've become adept at repeating things <laughs> many times over... I think we're really on to something here. It's still surprising how long an hour can prove to be. About 60 minutes for most people. So we've brought Carol to the National Gallery, Courtauld Institute, Tate Modern, Delete is applicable. To examine this possible Larry using high-tech x-ray and ultraviolet techniques. And we have an expert to tell us exactly what is going on. I'm examining this possible Larry using high-tech x-ray and ultraviolet techniques. Wait. You're saying you're using high-tech x-ray and ultraviolet techniques to examine what could be a possible Larry? That's what I just said, yes. And, and, uh, why are you doing this? 
Because our expert findings always sound more professional and authoritative if we say we're using high-tech x-ray and ultraviolet techniques. And because you have a big budget, so we're charging you a small fortune for their use. But remember, if we can prove this is a Larry, it won't be a small fortune we're talking about. <laughs> oh, very good. Excellent play on words. Oh. So, I've taken a minute sample of the unfamiliar materials used. It's crayon. And what that's uncovered is quite intriguing. I bought Susie a set when she started school. Lowry, as you know, painted mostly in oils. So this would appear to be a preliminary sketch. They were selling bargain packs at WH Smith's. So if it turns out to be indeed by Lowry, it would be a truly remarkable find. She keeps them in a frozen pencil case. One with Elsa on the cover. Wait. You're saying that potentially we're looking at a previously unknown preparatory drawing by one of England's most famous and sought-after artists? That's pretty much what I just said, yes. This is so extraordinarily exciting. That's not all. By using our high-tech, ultra-high-resolution, state-of-the-art science and cutting-edge technology, we have uncovered this. Whatever can it be? That's just it. I don't know. A marking of some kind? Mm, this could be problematical. If we can't find an answer, a big question mark will hang over our attribution. I can't explain it. It just seems out of place. It looks... It, it, it looks round. Like a... Like a... Like a circle. I, is it meant to be a... A giant sun, perhaps? A symbol of hope amidst those dark, satanic mills Larry favoured as his subject matter. It's a coffee stain. I put my cup on it after it fell off the fridge. To my mind, this only adds to the wonderful mystery of the drawing. The sun symbol dates back to pagan times, so this would make it part of a very rich heritage indeed. And it also proves we were on the right track when we went to research the sun in the Caribbean. So there's my justification for the expenses from that trip. <laughs> this really is one of the most rewarding quests we've ever been on. It's time for us to take stock of these startling revelations. So we're back at the art gallery. In ultra-fashionable and very high-maintenance Mayfair. So getting an older series commissioned is always welcome to help pay the exorbitant rent here. The gallery does, of course, boast a very expensive, top-of-the-range desktop computer. I put that on my expenses. But I'm here holding an old-fashioned ledger. Which must mean you've uncovered some amazing new background information. Uh, shouldn't I be the one doing this research? I think we've got it covered. I could always present it in an Italian accent, if you prefer. Give it a more of an art world authenticity. Thanks all the same. <laughs> I could even say uh, Firenze instead of Florence. What you have to understand is that we're the overpaid stars of the show, so it's time for us to take centre stage again. But you're cutting to my parts if you start doing the expert bits. You're playing all the expert parts as it is. How many parts do you want? And you had a stack of lines in that laboratory section just now, whereas I've hardly said a thing throughout, and when I do, no one takes a blind bit of notice. I have indeed uncovered some amazing new background information. When I looked it up on Wikipedia, <coughs> I decided to... <coughs> painstakingly troll through the dusty archives. When I was painstakingly trawling through the dusty archives, I discovered that L.S. Lowry 
spent most of his life working as a rent collector and that painting was just a hobby for him. Wait, you're saying that L.S. Lowry spent most of his life as a rent collector and that painting was just a hobby for him? That's what I just said. <laughs> yes. That is astonishing. I think we're really onto something here. Well, I'm happy to report we seem to have got away with it once more and pretty much used up a full hour. So it's time to inform Carol of our findings. Ah, so now you want something from me. This has been one of the toughest tasks we've ever been set. Everywhere there were problems. With this drawing, there was no attribution. I could have got Susie to sign it if you'd said. No provenance. Her art teacher would have vouched for it. And there was little here to help us. It was even unframed. Of course it's unframed. It's by a six-year-old. But the stick figures were so tantalisingly familiar. And the Lowry experts appeared to be persuaded that our evidence was compelling. But not every painting is quite what it seems. This one is. It's me and my daughter holding hands in the park. And so it is with a heavy heart that I have to tell you that we haven't been able to prove definitively that this is by the hand of L.S. Lowry. It must be so disappointing that your journey has to end in this way. Hmm. On a brighter note, however, what it has done is provide me with another programme credit to justify my obscenely high salary. So at least that's one fortune we've been able to secure. <laughs> and it has also allowed me to circumvent the public service broadcasting ban on advertising and get a shed load of free publicity for my art gallery in exclusive Mayfair. Viewings by appointment only. If you think you have a potential masterpiece waiting to be discovered, then please do get in touch. And we'll be happy to spend yet more of the licence fee pretending to champion your painting in the hope that it will win through. Sadly, this proved not to be the case for Carol. I don't know why you chose that one in the first place. I'd have said this one was much better. Good heavens. Is that what I think it is? Mind you, she makes a hell of a mess to our Susie of our kitchen when she goes out like this. That distinctive style. The, the, the paint. The way it splatters and drips. It's definitely my favourite. Could it really be? Just as long as it's not a fake. A Jackson Pollock. If we could prove that, then this drawing could be worth... A, a fortune. fortune. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> Make Your Fortune was written by Michael Staniforth. It starred Flora Sowerby as Fiona, Thomas Delacourt as Philip, Eddie Chamberlain as The Expert, and Faye Jagger as Carol. Sound design was by the team at Jano Media, and it was produced by Jano Media in association with Get Over It Productions. Oh, and our theme tune was by Emma McGrath, who is also worth checking out. Super cool, super talented. I think they've got a live stream coming up soon, although I sh maybe I shouldn't have said that because that will date this episode, but if you happen to be listening to this around Christmas 2023, then you're in luck. EmmaMcGrath.co.uk and you can come and visit us, as I said before, to send us in your bits and pieces of work at thescenepodcast.co.uk.